there, Alaskans, wherever you are, welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right in a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I think we avoided a what was supposed to be a freezing rainstorm here on the Kenai Peninsula, which is very nice. I'm sure that the HEA line men and women appreciated not having to knock off tree branches all night long. So that is pretty awesome. I hope everybody's having a phenomenal day today. Thank you, everybody, to list. Thank you, everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. You want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Click on that. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. Hey, and if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me at john, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com, and uh, we'd love to have you sponsor the show. But without further ado, we have a very special guest today, somebody who has been the superintendent of the Matsu Borough School District, superintendent of the Anchorage School District, the biggest school district in the state of Alaska, and is now the commissioner of education. Dr. Bishop, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that nice welcome. Glad to be here. Well, I'm super excited you're on today. Take us back to the day that, that you thought to yourself, I want to be involved in education Um you know, for my career. Take us back to that moment. What was it What was it for you that made you decide you wanted to be involved in education? Well, that's a great question. So I would go uh, way, way back. Um, you know, I did uh, take the ASFAB as in high school, and it said that I should become an accountant. <laughs> I did become a math teacher, though, so that, that's good. But, uh, um, you know, I, I uh, did some volunteering with my uh, local church group into some schools, and I just had fun. And I just liked, um, you know, I, I just liked working with kids. I, I do like to organize things. So whenever my siblings and I played uh, school and at home, I was always the teacher anyway. So um, I think it's just that um, the opportunity to lead and really teachers lead their classrooms. They lead young people. And so uh, that leadership capacity and ability to work with young people, I think probably um, was was the start. And of course, uh, I went a little bit with what my aptitude had with numbers and, and became a math teacher. Nice. So the, the commissioner of education is probably the, the highest job that somebody could uh, get in the education realm in Alaska. Talk to me a little bit about what is the main role of the commissioner of education? I think a lot of people, um, I think we're unique in Alaska in that a lot of our school districts are kind of ha can do their own thing. They don't have to be micromanaged by the state of Alaska. But talk to me a little bit about the role and maybe some distinctions that the Commission of Education has here in Alaska. Sure. So uh, it is very a different position in a lot of states, as you had mentioned. It's it's an elected. Um, it, they serve different purposes. It's an elected position, or sometimes a direct appointment by uh, the governor. 
Uh, in Alaska, it's different in that it is an elected appointment or an interview, an appointment by the state school board. And so uh, the state school board, uh, that those uh, folks are my bosses, if you will, that collective unit. Um, but the position really carries out the education functions of the state and leads, of course, the department in the support of the statutes and regulations uh, and also carries out uh, the goals of the state school board and the governor and the educational agenda to really move education forward in our state. And while I don't have direct supervision of young people, I would say that I am the furthest away from the classroom where the real values added. Um, my focus is on supporting the people at that level, at the school level, at the classroom level to do their jobs. That's great. So, you know, they're just, they're, um, there was recently a report, I think it was pretty recent, that um, maybe your office did or the governor's office or both were involved in about teacher retention. It just came out. You know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I continually hear um, is that Alaska has a teacher retention problem. And 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 sometimes I don't know if that's just what the uh, unions are talking about, or if that's an actual problem. So tell me what were some of the findings of this teacher retention um, study that happened? Sure. So uh, just a little bit of background. In 2020, uh, the governor requested and actually established a working group to really dig into uh, the teacher retention and recruitment as has he had heard those same things that you just mentioned. And, and it is true, uh, not only in Alaska, but uh, really in every state, uh, folks aren't getting into the teaching business at, in the levels that we had in, in prior years. So recruitment and retention, we're all competing for the same uh, employees, if you will. Uh, in the 80s, Alaska, uh, when oil was flowing well and business was, you know, we went through that um, boom and bust period. But during the boom, the salaries here were just uh, tremendous compared to anywhere else. Um, but when what he did is put this group together, and it really was extensive, thousands of, um, you know, uh, surveys. There were a core group of people, about 50 people, stakeholders from around the state. And they did include employers, school districts, um, communities, uh, the municipal league folks, um, the unions. Uh, and so they sat around and really started to look at issues and they came up with about 17 to 19 issues, but then they dug deep into each of them and created a uh, little mini, um, I guess, investigations into these. And they came back with one of the, the biggest um, impact was a salary that um, we want salary, basically the report uh, suggested that salaries for um, needed to increase. And of course, the state does not pay people. They go through local districts, pay people. Mm -hmm. And so what the governor did, and it was released last year, it was initially House Bill 106, was create an incentive uh, for recruitment and retention. And it was pretty big money. Um, uh, he ensured that it was also able to be terzable, if you will, so that it could count towards retirement highest salary levels. Um, in the areas like you are and I am, in the we call them the big five. It's Fairbanks, Kenai, Juneau, Matsu, and Anchorage. Uh, it was an additional um, five thousand dollars possible a year for recruitment on one end and staying retention on the other. Uh, in most of Alaska, in the regional education attendance areas and uh, smaller city schools, it was ten thousand a year. 
in about 15 uh, different schools, uh, it was a it's 15,000 a year, wow. which is pretty significant. Um, given a, any given year in my experience in negotiations, um, maybe if it was about a 3% raise over time, it would be about on average per teacher uh, in uh, over three years, maybe about 4,500 increase. So this was significant. Um, but it was directed to the classroom, again, sharing just where that value is added for teachers. Nice. So is this something that's already been implemented um, and is being used right now, this this bonus program? Well, interestingly enough, um, it was released last year and it really didn't get the attention. Um, I think a lot of teachers called in on it, but it did not get a lot of attention. The overall BSA really was given the attention of just more money. Yeah. Um, and and really, I believe um, the governor's strategy is to ensure that um, where we want money to go, that it actually is delivered to those places. So whether it's the READS Act, career technical education, he looked at certification, he put funds and and then to teachers, he also put a significant amount of funds, it was $60 million. And um, it, it didn't get the traction that uh, I had hoped, um, even given that teachers were the ones who were most invested, most vested in this, uh, you know, TRR playbook, they called it. Well, if you're a, if you're a superintendent out there listening in, go take advantage of this program because, man, a ten or a five to fifteen thousand dollar bonus to retain teachers, I think that that could be a great carrot that these uh, school districts can use to not only get new folks but retain their talent that they have. Yeah, and there was an acknowledgement, just so you know, that it takes more than uh, teachers in classrooms to run a district. I mean, that's obvious. But where do you start first? Where's your priority? Our priority should be at the classrooms with the kids, where, where the real value is, teachers and students right there. Nice. So recently, uh, the Attorney General for the state of Alaska released a couple letters and memos um, that kind of talk about kind of the buzz that's going around right now in media, which is, you know, uh, potential pornography that could be in libraries uh, where minors are. And he touched on more topics than that in these memos. But can you kind of get us up to speed on um, what these memos are uh, for folks that maybe haven't read them, just heard them, you know, from the ADN or something like that, and how this impacts folks here in Alaska? Sure. So uh, he did send out several letters, and one was actually a response to me and just in regard to a question uh, of understanding the law, which which we have it. In 2016, uh, we had, um, so this is a while ago, this isn't new law. Um, 2016, we had parents' rights passed uh, at the um, 2016 legislative year. And uh, it called for just many, um, you know, provisions and precautions and involvement basically of parents. So it wasn't a, a prohibition. It was uh, really parental permission for things. And so that was really around that letter. Um, the one that talked about the library book specifically uh, was really being very crystal clear about uh, students and in our schools and really in any library having access to graphically um, depicted actions of sex and, and uh, I mean, just flat out, that's what it was. <laughs> and so we just need to be cautious. I did have an experience. And so when people uh, talk to me about book banning and this and that, I, I mean, we had an experience when I was the superintendent of Anchorage, 
where such a book, um, it surprised us. It surprised the 10 librarians that I put in a group and asked them, hey, should this book be here? Um, without a doubt, um, you know, we we removed the book. It was, it had graphic display of uh, sexual acts and um, it was a um, graphic novel. And so very few words, but um, the whole book just, depicted things that really is just inappropriate yeah. uh, for young people to have. And so I believe um, there there has been um, many letters, many, um, you know, call-ins and complaints about um, double-checking what's in our libraries. And so uh, the Attorney General basically uh, just shared with districts to make it very clear, these are the types of things that we're concerned about. So it isn't, it wasn't a you know, a literature ban, it wasn't, uh, you know, it didn't address any kinds of things that maybe local school districts have policy for. It was definitely on um, the statutory requirements of um, that we have for, um, you know, inappropriate graphical material for children. Yeah. And um, my impression is, uh, after, you know, I just briefly read over them, is that he's citing state statutes in there of, of, uh, you know, indecent uh, exposure of materials to minors and, and mm -hmm. those sorts of things. He's not going in there trying to get librarians fired or stuff like that. He's helping. My take on it was he he's trying to take uh, a stance of not allowing schools to, you know, essentially give minors an opportunity to look at pornography. It, yeah, you know. yeah. And, and really, I mean, just to share, uh, a librarian didn't order this on purpose to get it. It was uh, really came in a collection of books that uh, were award winning books. Um, and it was featured as an award winning book in a collection with lots of other award winning books. Um, librarian was retiring that year, yeah. just ordered the collection so that the next librarian came in, wouldn't be left. And um, it was just shelved, uh, probably not even by the librarian. Um, and so, uh, you know, in the largest school district ever state, it, it was um, inadvertently, it didn't happen in every library, but it was, um, you know, when we, I trace back, how could something like this happen? Because when you know better, you do better. <laughs> so as a superintendent, I wanted to be sure that uh, something like that didn't happen again. And it was just, um, you know, uh, uh, lots of different things had to happen for for that to be in a school. Um, but now we're we're all um, understanding about those laws about enticement and inappropriate materials, and and it's a good reminder. It just keeps it crystal clear. Um, for other books that parents might be cautious about, talk to your librarians. I mean, when I was a, a principal, kids would literally go to the librarian, and uh, I was an elementary principal at one time. So um, Harry Potter came out, and and some mm -hmm. parents and kids loved Harry Potter. Some did not. <laughs> some did um, not. <laughs> yeah, some did not. So really, um, we had kids that would go up to the librarian or parents that just say, you know, I really don't want my um, child reading about witchcraft. Can um, you know, you just make sure that they don't. And librarians are happy. Happy, happy, happy to turn kids on to books that uh, are supportive in their homes, that kids will love to read. And so uh, if there's any parents, that's just uh, please talk to your librarian. If you have any um, problems with that, I'd, I'd love to know. But I librarians love to turn kids on to reading and they want to be sure that it's, you know, they work with families. And that's the key, making sure we work with families. Yeah. And I think oftentimes it's it's easy to forget that these are just normal people that live in our communities as well, trying to do the best they can for the most part. And for folks that are 
concerned or frustrated, I would just encourage you to contact your school district to have a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Ranting on Facebook doesn't really do much these days. Call, make that phone call, have that conversation. That's probably the best place to to start. But let's shift gears here. Um, let's talk about 2024. I think you're fairly new in this role. Do you have any exciting things that are on the horizon for 2024 um, with you and your department? Sure. Uh, well, thank you uh, for that. I look forward to the legislative session coming up in in January, and of course, the budget or the the governor releasing his budget rather uh, here in a couple of weeks. But um, we are going to continue one of the the biggest, uh, you know, coming from the Alaska challenge. The biggest strategic planning goal is about reading and ensuring reading. And we've uh, the bill went into effect about a year and a half ago. Last year was building capacity and competencies in our educators. And this is the year that we're starting to uh, implement the accountability measures, uh, as well as just the classroom instruction. So happy to work. Um, you know, it's hard work. So uh, educators who did not learn um, to teach kids how to read by breaking down sounds and words, uh, very similar to how if you learned a different language, that's how it's learned. Um, we just didn't do that for our own English language. Um, causes, you know, problems when kids have to, you know, sound out multisyllabic words in biology class because the pictures don't match those words. So we used to teach whole language, look at the pictures, take a guess at the word. Uh, that is not um, scientifically based um, evidence teaching. And so teachers had to go learn new skills, but they are doing a fantastic job. So reading is number one. Parents <clears throat> will be communicated with three. Um, well, the assessment, um, a mini assessment, just a, a kind of a dipstick check, um, like how kids are doing comes three times a year excuse me, and our parents will receive notification uh, immediately after those times. So it's really engaging homes and families again with this is what you can do at home. This is what we're going to do uh, here. And um, we're implementing individual um, reading uh, plans for kids uh, to ensure that uh, total communication and high quality teaching is going on. So can't talk enough about reading. We we definitely want to uh, turn the corner here and not be last in the 50 states. Yeah. And that um, We also uh, are working with career technical education and uh, ensuring that um, we, we build out more career opportunities, but not um, a lot of times when we think of uh, voc ed or, or career tech in schools, we think hobbies and, and just things that we like to learn to do. And, and that's good. We want kids to have uh, hobbies, but we're also looking at really skills. And we we're, the governor and the state board want to look at what is happening in the community as far as employment for students. Uh, what are the industries in their local environments? And then how can schools match those to be able to really bring uh, career guides into schools, bring career technical education so that we can transition to the workforce? Uh, a lot of times, sad to say, our kids leave us in K-12 and we think, oh, you know, they did great. They graduated. Um, they have this diploma, but they don't have the wherewithal about work. And so really having students prepared for the work world for the future is essential. And uh, we're working, I'm personally working with the Department of Labor Commissioner uh, to create that synergy between K-12 and um, the you know, labor force of Alaska. 
Um, again, you mentioned it earlier, teacher recruitment and retention, which is really surrounds that HB 106. We are going to give it another go, uh, as well as address some of the other items in the playbook. Uh, it does talk about leadership. It talks about school leadership really being paramount and in, in including teachers in the work and uh, building competencies and capacities in teachers and then allowing them to teach. Um, so it's workforce um, really engagement, whether it's, uh, like I said, leadership or um, places for uh, student or teachers, uh, mentorships, things like that, especially in rural Alaska, how do we uh, bring teachers out to rural Alaska and mentor them well? Um, and then finally, uh, we're really looking at school choice about what does that look like? And even given the most recent news uh, about Alaska's charters uh, really coming out ahead of the head of the pack uh, in the nation. We're looking at how do we then um, ensure that, um, and again, it's that parent involvement that's involved in that choice. I really believe that that's a, a key feature. Uh, charter schools have very clear missions. Um, they focus on their missions, but one of the key features also of charter schools is is engaging uh, that whole family. And I know that. Uh, you know, neighborhood schools and other specialty schools can do that just as well if we really think about um, how to empower our parents. I love that. You know, we don't want to be last, like you said, but there was just a report that came out where we are actually first in something for education, which is awesome. Talk to me about the, the charter school report that just came out and what that means for Alaska, um, because I think it's good news that we're in the front of the pack for that. Yeah, that's, that's, um, it is terrific. So Education Next did, uh, they were the first group to do a report, not only on, um, we've had lots of reports about charters and uh, many of them have been about what are the inputs that you put in? Like, what's the policy? What are the funding? Some other things about inputs into the system, if you will, to have charter schools. Education Next was the first group, and it's a Harvard professor who's very interested in this now. I, I actually had a, a lengthy conversation with him last week. Um, he, he did the first report on what were the outcomes then. So we know what goes into a charter school, and you know Alaska's you know has its own ranking for that. But what comes out, like what what are what's happening to learning, student learning, uh, through charter school education? And in Alaska, not only did our charter schools outperform all other non-charters in Alaska. Uh, on, and this is specifically looking at the National Assessment of Education Progress, which is a national assessment that uh, folks come in at the national level, and it's not in every school, but they randomly assign schools and grade levels. Some kids take the reading portion, some kids take the math, uh, but they do all the analysis at their level. So we don't have specific reports back in our state. So it's a third party coming in and taking a look at all 50 states. And what they found in their report was that Alaska's charter school students not only uh, outperform Alaska's non-charters, but they outperform every charter group in every other state and significantly outperform. And we're definitely an outlier uh, and just demonstrated that there's probably more than a year's growth, um, more than any other charter uh, group in another state. So all other 50 states. Uh, well, actually, it's not 50. I think it's about 38 because not all. 50 states have charters, but um, very significant outcomes, which has us just thinking uh, that's what data do for you. They uh, you get to read it and then you get another question about why is this? And so looking at that, one of the items that they had in this report was very strong that it was 
um, chartered at the state level, that the state of Alaska school board uh, and our statutory requirements is that final review uh, and really keeping the, the standards uh, high according to the statutory requirements and uh, key features of all the um, schools or states that were in the top quartile all had charter authorizers at the state level. Now, our charters start at the district level, but they have the final approval at the state level. Nice. So um, last question to you is this, doctor. Um, are you hopeful for Alaska's future as it relates to education and educating our kids? And uh, yes, no, and why? Sure. Well, I am because I am the eternal optimist, but I believe that uh, families after experiencing really the last uh, five years, which were pretty rocky in the outcomes of, you know, what happened with when the world was turned upside down on um, with COVID, I, I uh, take it personally. Um, I was a, a leader at the time and not realizing what a significant um, disservice we've done to young people. And um, we need to get back to, by pulling them out of school and then how difficult it was to get them back. And it really became an adult issue and people focused on adults rather than on students. And it didn't uh, say a lot about our, our society, but um, I believe now uh, we've learned uh, what that can do to young people. And I believe that um, my goal is to get uh, schools back to focusing on learning for students, allow teachers to teach, um, that really I the best thing that we can do is to come back as, um, you know, I, I think we started to think about individual rights over the rights of the whole. Um, we started to stop thinking about our communities um, and the community that happens in our schools. Um, you know, it's important to me that we get back to schools being education centers um, you know, I'm maybe old school reading, writing, arithmetic. Of course, we want to take care of our kids, but kids should be the hardest workers in our system. And uh, we need to support our teachers and, and education of young people. A lot of other items in our community have taken, um, you know, priority over the education function, which to me uh, does a disservice to children. We are the education experts. Let's focus on education, kind of remove all other noise from schools and get back to business and support our teachers and teaching um, and, and doing the teaching and learning that is our focus and that should be our focus. And so I am thrilled to be a leader at this time to be able to communicate that and, and share that I believe uh, that's what our schools and teachers want. Um, let's just get back to business, teaching kids, holding them accountable, um, teachers themselves, if they're able to do their job, I don't think they fear accountability. Uh, they want success in their kids too. Awesome. Well, we wish you nothing but success here at Mustard, Alaska. You got a tough job ahead of you, but I think there's some uh, some moments of positivity and optimism on the horizon, especially uh, from that uh, charter school report that just came out. Really, really exciting to be on the top of the list for that. So, um, for folks listening in, and, and if you have questions, comments, concerns about your kids' education, I really encourage you to phone your principal, uh, call call the superintendent. You know, get in touch with your with your school board member. Um, really reach out to folks because I think that a lot of times what we do is just sit and sulk in our frustration, and then end up going on Facebook and screaming at people. And I don't think that does a lot of good. Um, as it relates to our kids' education. I have a kid in elementary school, junior high, and high school. 
And we're fortunate here on the Kenai Peninsula to have uh, great teachers and great principals and an awesome superintendent. And so we're blessed here. You may not be, you may not have that where you live as if you're listening in, but I encourage you to get involved. If you don't like your school board member, go run for office. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, throw, be, find ways to make a positive difference in your situation rather than just complain about it. So um, doctor, you're welcome back anytime. We wish you nothing but success here at Must Read Alaska. And for folks listening in, and you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. If you want to sponsor the show, email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com, and we'd love to have you sponsor the show. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you, doctor, for joining us. Thank you, John.